God, we just declare your faithfulness right here and right now. Yeah. Thank you for the power of who you are today, for every day, Jesus. Yeah. You know, we're not going to disengage here. I want you guys to just stay connected, stay engaged. There have been a couple of words from the Lord that have been stirring, and uh, Lydia actually got woken up this morning, and God spoke something to her heart. So we're going to let her share uh, some things that God has spoken this morning specifically for the house today. How many of you want to hear what God wants to say today for me, for you? Yes, God. So if you're comfortable standing, it's a little bit that she wants to read. You're welcome to sit and just sit in the presence. We're going to continue to worship even after Lydia reads what she has. But just, you know, just position yourself, right? Just position. Let's just position ourselves, God. We just thank you for what you want to do here today. So Lydia, go right ahead. because he has an encouraging word for you guys today. So just receive it however you need to take it, but God's goodness is so good today. So can you guys hear me loud enough? You can hear it? Okay, good. Cool. So I'm just going to read what I wrote just verbatim, and so you guys just just listen if it applies to you. Amen, because I know it will. So, All right, so this is to our church as a whole. A new season of ripening. So I looked at the definition of what ripe means. Being fully grown and developed, having mature knowledge, understanding, or judgment. Ripening as a smell or flavor means rich, intense, pungent. (laughs) Who wants to be pungent for the Lord? Come on. Who wants to be mature and fully ripened for the Lord? Come on. A freshness of spiritual fruit is being birthed today. Expect to come in each time we gather and see the miraculous happen. Healings, miracles, deliverances, freedom from addictive patterns. We're going to expect that from now on. So everybody in here today, we're going to be seeing that moving forward. Who's excited about that? (laughs) Come on. Amen. All right. I wanted to go a little bit more specific to some people in this room too. So if this is you, I believe that God really just wants to speak to your heart this morning. And uh, afterwards, we'll see what happens. But if you feel comfortable and if God's stirring something in you to even maybe just come up to the front, we're going to be singing one more song too, but here we go. So there are few of those who have felt a shift So whether that's a work shift, a home life shift, or maybe you are even moving or about to move, um, you have been transitioned because God is ripening you to your full potential. It is time to understand your calling. The Lord will show you that in this season, there are also those who have thought that their gifting in the spirit was gone and dead. Some have even said, I thought that the gift was dead and I didn't have a purpose anymore. But Jesus is saying, no, they are not. The gift is alive. It's still there. And it's going to be rebirthed today. 
There are those who don't know their spiritual gift. But get ready because the Holy Spirit will anoint you with fire and will show you during encounters with him what that looks like. Lastly, there are those even here in this room who need their heart beat back. Your heart beats. There are those in this morning who don't know how to love. Your heart beat back both in the spiritual and in the natural. Those who are in the natural today, you will be healed from irregular heartbeats, clogged vows, and those who are on pacemakers will not need them anymore. So we have some heart issues in here and God wants to heal you today. It's time to hear and feel your heartbeat again. There are those in the spiritual who have lost their heart from heaven. Your heart has been broken and damaged from people, from the church, from sin and from cho poor choices. You've lost who you are and you felt numb. You've lost compassion for people too. You would even look at yourself and think, wow, I don't even know how to love anymore. Where do I begin? Well, today God is giving your heartbeat back. He's giving it back to you today in the fullest. Today begins all healing in all areas of brokenness in Jesus' name. So that's all I had. <laughs> but um, if that really resonated with any of you today, this is what God has spoken, and he used me to be able to speak that to you today. So if that is you today and it really resonated in your heart and you want some of that, you want your heart beat back, you need healing in your life, if you thought that you have had a gift but um, it hasn't been there, you felt that it's been dead, but you want it to be alive again, if you need healing in your body, come up to the front because God wants to restore and rebirth and awaken in your spirit today. So be bold. Be ready to receive because that is what he wants to give us. And who wants to have a free gift today? <laughs> Come on. That's all it is, is a free gift. So we're going to sing this next song, and just as we sing it, just come up to the front. This is just the altar here, and God wants you. He loves you. He wants to give you beautiful, perfect gifts, and we're just going to worship him this morning. Amen? Amen? All right, let's do it. Good morning, everybody. It's, it is great to see you. It's great to worship with you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed worship where you were because where I was standing, I was enjoying God's presence and worshiping him. So it's awesome to get to do that together as a family. Uh, my name is Pastor Chris. If I haven't met you yet, I look forward to doing that, just getting a chance to visit with you and say hi. And uh, for those of you who are watching online, man, we love you. We miss you. Give yourselves a big hug from us right now. Uh, it's, it's, man, there you go. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. I got three goods and everybody else is kind of like, what's going on after church? How are you guys doing? All right, there we go. The, the crowd is here. There, there are people. I'm telling the people online this morning. There are actually people in the room. You, you just can't hear them sometimes. Uh, we're in the home stretch of 2020. Come on. What a great year it's been. Can, any, can anybody amen that one? 
Hasn't 2020 been a great year? There's some of you sitting there saying, how can you say that? How can you say 2020 has been a great year? 2020 has been a great year because Jesus has been with us the entire time. I have seen his faithfulness in my family, in our church. He hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't left us. His presence is with us. And that makes it a great year. Come on. And uh, I believe uh, we're going to finish the year strong. He is going to still be with us no matter what happens. We're going to see amazing things in people's lives. We're going to see lives transform, people added to the kingdom, and people change. So uh, we started a series this month called Still. And we're, it's, when I first said the word still, everybody kind of went with, oh, be still and know that I'm God. And we said that wasn't exactly what I was going for. We called this series Still because life is still happening all around us how many of you got to take a break and pause from life this week like nobody life still went on this week we had things going on uh we had people getting married this week there's babies about to be born there's people that have passed away that we're hoping that can comfort their families life is still happening all around us no matter what's going on and there are truths that are still true that we can hold on to that help us go through these times uh because there are things that are still true we can be unshakable people, even in uncertain times. And the key verse we used for this series was Psalm 16, 8. Uh, I hope maybe you guys have this one in your head by now. Can we all read this on the screen together? Uh, let's read Psalm 16, 8 together. Let's do that this morning. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Come on, that's something we have to know. Foundational is our faith, is our Christian faith. We need to know that he's always with us because the opposite of that verse is if I don't know that the Lord is always with me, I can be shaken. And how many of you would rather be unshakable? Come on, we need to know that he's with us so that we won't be shaken. Jesus really can be counted on no matter what goes on around us. We said in the first week that Jesus was always with us. Last week, we said that Jesus has wisdom for us. Still today, there are things that we, we literally read a verse in the Bible last week where Jesus said, if you live the way that I'm teaching, you'll be wise people and you'll be unshakable. So we need to be unshakable people by doing what Jesus said. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. We, we had another wedding yesterday. Yes, Dave, it went awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Dave has a room for rent now, apparently, at his house. Uh, if you're interested, uh, see him later after service. But as, as we were having this wedding yesterday for Catherine, Dave's daughter, and her husband, Rostine, I started remembering back to the planning of our daughter's weddings. We have two daughters who are older now. We have four grandkids. But I still remember sitting down to plan the first wedding with Pam. And uh, I was remembering all the decisions that had to be made and trying not to be like Steve Martin in Father of the Bride. Who's, who saw that movie where he's like nickel and diamond? Can we get the cheaper chicken instead of the expensive seafood? I remember turning into that person, and we watched that movie beforehand to laugh about it and say, let's not do this at a wedding. But I started turning into that person, and I remember at some point during the planning process of the wedding, I realized I'm not running this show. In, in fact, it was, it was a good thing, it was a healthy thing, because Pam and I worked through our issues. I, I, you know, I pledged and vowed some things on our marriage day, and I really did say, I trust my wife, and she's going to help make everything well. But I realized I wasn't running the show, and as I was thinking about still going through life, did you ever get in a situation and wonder who's in charge? 
Like, who's running this show? Who's making things happen? Uh, I know a couple people have military backgrounds. Like, have you ever been in a place in the Army, Rick, where you're wondering, like, who's running this show? Where's, where's the major? Like, give me somebody that knows what's going on. Who's running this show? Who's in charge of it? Who's setting the boundaries? Who's setting the guidelines? And I saw this shirt this week. Uh, it's a baby, baby shirt that said, my dad thinks he's in charge. That's so cute. Have you ever seen parents like that? It's like the baby really is in charge. He's the one running the show. Come on, I know this. Dads think they run the TV remote. How many dads think you own the remote? But as soon as the kids or the grandkids get in the picture, you have a sudden urge to watch Paw Patrol. I don't know how that works. We think we're in charge. We're the ones calling all the shots. But there's other people that get in the mix that that brings up another question of who's really in charge. And I know that this is actually more what it looks like when dad's in charge. Have any men ever experienced that? No? No, just me with the grandkids? All right, we'll move along from that one. It gets kind of messy sometimes when dad's in charge. But we start asking the question of who's really in charge. And I saw this picture this week. Uh, how many of you have seen situations in life like this? No, go back one. With the dogs. That's a, that is a dog bed. Come on. And there's a cat laying on the... Who's, who's really in charge in that picture? We know we say who runs the house. But uh, what we joke about who's really in charge. Is it the wife? Is it the kids? Is it the dad? Is it the pets? Uh, maybe we should go back to this guy being in charge. You can throw that one up now. How many of you are old enough to remember Scott Baio and Charles in charge? Maybe we should go back to having Charles in charge and some things we get fixed in life. Uh, I don't know, I almost hate to admit I'm old enough to remember Scott Baio in shows before Charles in charge, but we won't, we won't go there to that one. I think there's a lot of people in life that they're unsettled right now because there's situations that they're going through where they don't feel like anyone's in charge. They feel like life is out of control. There's, there's things that are happening all around us that we don't have a say in or they're, they're getting nervous before uh, they don't know what decisions to make and it's causing them to be shaken. And as Christians, I want to give you one of the most fundamental things about Christianity that makes us unshakable. Another thing that is still true is that Jesus is Lord. We, we get all worked up about who's going to win the election, who's actually running the show, who's going to make this happen or do that, and we forget sometimes that Jesus is still Lord of all. The word Lord, if you study it out, that's a Greek word, kurios. The word Lord means supreme in authority and power. The controller, the one to whom a person or thing belongs, the one with the power to decide what happens. How many of you know it would be great if we all got to a place where we trusted that the God of the universe who's full of authority and power and actually has the power to decide what's going to happen in our lives if we would get to a place where we trusted him to actually decide what's going to happen in our lives. How many of you think life would go much smoother if there was somebody like that in charge of us? The modern equivalent of the word Lord could be the boss or the CEO. That makes it a little more tangible. How many of you have a boss or CEO? Two people. Everybody else in the room is is self-employed. You run your own show. That's awesome. Um, Come on. The boss or the CEO is the modern equivalent. You are the Lord of the stuff that belongs to you. Come on. Sometimes we, we act like stuff owns us. Don't we get that way sometimes? But we really are the boss of what belongs to us. We can make decisions about what happens to the stuff we own. You are actually the Lord of your body. You can decide what you're going to put in it for lunch today. Come on, how many of you have made a decision already about what's going to go in for lunch today? 
Come on, that's exercising some aspect of lordship. I'm the boss, I'm in charge, I get to make the decisions. However, Jesus is referred to in Scripture as the Lord of Lords. So no matter who looks or acts like they're in charge, he really is the one that has the final say. He is the Lord of all. Some of our bodies look the way we do because we haven't submitted our lordship about what's going to go in there to him. Ouch. That's a... That's a great point, Pastor Chris. Thanks for reminding us of that. There's stuff going on in our lives right now because we think we're the Lord of all, running the entire show, and we forget there is a Lord that's higher than us, that if we submit our Lordship to Him, things will go much smoother in our lives. Scripture actually says that the Lordship of Jesus is part of the message of the good news. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 36, it says, there is peace with God through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. We can have whatever Jesus has decided because he's the boss. He's the ultimate Lord of all. And he said, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to mend your relationship with God. He made it possible for us to have peace with God because he is the Lord of all. And all in that verse really does mean everything, anything, and all things. Whatever you could think about to make a list for, he's the Lord of it. His life wasn't taken from him. He laid it down and went to the cross so that we could have peace with God. And then he picked it back up again after three days. Some of us as Christians, we spend too much time worrying about what the devil is up to in the world when we need to spend more time renewing our minds to the fact that there is no place where Jesus isn't Lord. I mean, how many people have you met that they, they're all concerned about, have you seen how evil it is? What's the devil up to? He's doing this and that. And we need to take a step back and remind ourselves, get our eyes fixed back on, he really is the Lord and has the final say of what's going to happen. Jesus is the buck stops here guy for everything in life. He is the Lord of all. I just, I'm going to take two seconds to give you my political commercial. A week and a half, it's coming up. My political advice to you is pray and vote. That's it. That's all I got for you. I'm not going to tell you anything else. Pray and vote. Don't, don't think about what everybody else is doing. Don't argue. Don't critique anybody else for where they've landed on what they've decided to vote. You just pray and vote. Because no matter who ends up running things or who looks like they're running things, Jesus will still be Lord on November 4th. And... Please, let's not let this season, this climate, what's going on in our country, divide the body. We have a higher allegiance to someone who is Lord of all, and we get so caught up in nitpicking each other and being temporal-minded of what's happening right now, who's going to run things, who's going to pass laws, that we forget what Jesus has called us to do and that we are kingdom people. So there's my election commercial. I'd like to say I won't talk about it anymore, but I may say something next week. Uh, Come on, we've got millennia of history where election outcomes have not affected the lordship of Jesus. There have been rulers, dictators, and tyrants that have come and gone, and it hasn't changed his lordship. And we need to stop worrying and getting so worked up, anxious, and fearful when we should know that nothing will change the fact that he is Lord. Uh, Psalms twenty-two twenty-eight says this, The Lord is king and he rules the nations. These are some verses that we need to get inside of us. It doesn't matter what place on the map you're pointing to, whether the ruler there goes by the title of president, prime minister, king, or supreme dictator. Jesus is still Lord of that place. He is the Lord of all the nations. We don't have to get worked up 
by what other people are doing. We simply need to keep our plans submitted to the one who is Lord of all. We do that, it's going to be all right. I can guarantee you that. But what if my boss makes my workplace miserable? What if, what if I don't know? What if the wrong guy gets elected? Well, Jesus had some things to say about that. In Matthew 22, there's a great story that I think helps us keep things in perspective. Uh, there were some teachers of the law called the Pharisees, and they are always trying to think of ways to trip Jesus up. They wanted to trap him with his words. They wanted to catch him. They wanted to have an aha, I got you moment. Come on, how many of you have ever, that was what they were waiting for in the presidential debates. Who's going to have the big I, I got you moment? See, you said something wrong. That's what these guys were doing to Jesus all the time. And uh, they used an issue that was a hot button topic for everyone back then and still today. Paying taxes. How many of you get excited about paying taxes? For the record, no hands in the room went up. I'm asking the wrong questions this morning. I should ask the questions, how many of you aren't excited about paying taxes? He, they came and asked Jesus about paying taxes, and it says in Scripture that Jesus actually knew their evil intent. He knew that they were trying to trap him. And I will say, as Christians, don't assume that everyone who asks your opinion really wants to know it. Can, can we, it, maybe it's possible, can we entertain the idea that we shouldn't just share our opinions with everybody without thinking through and being measured in our responses, without asking God, hey, what's, give me some discernment, Lord, what's, the, what's really going on here, what's this guy want to know? Don't assume that everybody who asks you a question wants to know what you think. They might be trying to trap you, just like they were trying to trap Jesus. And Jesus was so cool how he responded. That's, he had this direct line with the Holy Spirit. He was hearing wisdom. He was wisdom personified. I love his responses. He asked him, show me some money. I just had that picture of Jerry Maguire jumping up and down. Show me the money. I'm not going to do that this morning. I, I could. You maybe could slide a piece of paper under my feet if I get off the ground. He says, show me the money. Whose picture is on it? Whose title is on there? What do you use to pay the taxes? And they brought out a coin. They showed it to Jesus. And guess whose picture was on it? It wasn't Jesus' picture on the money. It was Caesar's picture. And in Matthew 22, 21, this was his response to the Pharisees when they asked him about who, if it was right to pay taxes or not. He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's. When I'm reading that verse, the point of what Jesus said was not an endorsement of one political party's tax platform. That wasn't what he was after. He wasn't saying, hey, get excited about paying taxes. He was saying, do what you need to do with regard to the country you're living in and the government that's in place. You need to do those things. There are laws in place for a reason. Don't be those people. Don't let Christians give that reputation to everybody. But he was saying there's another allegiance we have that supersedes where we live. I don't think give to Caesar what is Caesar's was the important part of that verse. I think give to God what is God's is what he was after because Jesus always wanted to get to the heart of people's matters. The things that we give to God have more value than what we give to the government. Can I say that again? Maybe just fish for one amen. That the things that we give to God are way more valuable than what you could ever give to the government. He wants our heart. He wants our devotion and our affection, our attention. 
He wants what matters to us. He wants the decisions we make to be given to him. He wants the relationships we have with people to be given to him. He wants the way we treat others to be given to him. That's way more valuable than any check or any bank transfer you're ever going to make to the IRS. And that's what God is ultimately after. He says, I want those things. He wants to be Lord of our body, soul, and spirit. And I think that extends to he wants to be Lord of our checkbooks and the stuff we own and our calendars and our relationships. He wants it all. The more that we know that Jesus is Lord, the more unshakable we will be when life seems to still be going 100 miles an hour around us and spinning out of control. I need to get back focused on you are the Lord of my life. In Romans 10.9, this is a famous verse that we always quote when people ask, how should we be saved? What can we do? How do we, how do we have a relationship with Jesus? Romans 10.9 says, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from death, you will be saved. And we're sitting there, some of us in this room, we're thinking, well, I've done that. I know I'm saved. I'm going to be with Jesus. If I walk out the door, I get hit by a bus. I'm going to be with Jesus. But salvation is much bigger than that. We can't limit it to just what happens after we die. Salvation includes peace and wholeness, healing, well-being, deliverance, freedom, life, all those things, protection and help from him. That's what salvation includes. Salvation is the Greek word sozo. It's not just an after-death experience. It changes your life right now. And I personally would like salvation to be experienced in my marriage, in my job, in my relationship with my kids, in how I interact with my neighbors. I would love to see all those things that make up salvation, life, well-being, wholeness, peace, happiness. I would like to see that happen in everything that concerns me. Where things have felt dead in my life, I want them to live just like we sang about this morning. I want salvation to come. Instead of complaining about things, maybe I need to begin to confess that Jesus is Lord over those circumstances. It says if we confess that he is Lord, salvation comes. And I think, I'm not discounting that that's a salvation verse for people that have never met Jesus. That's how you start a relationship. It's that easy. It's that simple. But I think we've shortchanged ourselves if we've stopped at it just being a one-time salvation event verse. Maybe there's salvation that's waiting to be released in our lives that will come if we begin to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of us and submit those areas of our lives to him. When is the last time I ever sat and prayed and said, Jesus, I'd love you to be the Lord of my marriage. What's that look like? Oh, well, what it looks like is I've tried to figure out my marriage. I've tried to make it work. I've tried in my natural strength. Oh, I, I bought a book called How to Live with Pam. And I read every page of it, and it still didn't do me any Like, I'm trying to figure it out myself, and what needs to happen in that moment is say, Lord Jesus, I need your help. You are the Lord of all, so I'm inviting and asking you. I'm giving you the lordship that I've taken control of my marriage, and I'm giving it back to you and saying, Jesus, I'd like you to be Lord. I'd like your rule and reign to be manifested in my life. If the power of life and death is in our tongues, we really need to watch what we say. And and maybe complaining and, and being upset about things has invited the wrong spirit into our circumstances. And instead, we need to come back to a place where I'd say, Jesus, you are Lord of all. I would 
I would go so far as to say, I bet if we really got to see it from a spiritual perspective, I would bet that most of the things that aren't going well in our lives stem from the fact that we haven't let Jesus be the Lord that he really is. That we've tried to take that control back and figure it out ourselves. Woo! That's an exciting moment on a Sunday morning in church. Man, we, we were praying this morning, just, Lord, get us out of the way. Let us, we give everything back to you. You're the one that made it all. You're the one that's in charge of it all. Maybe, what? Come on, this is not rocket science. Like, what if there really was some stuff in our life that's jacked up that could be fixed if we just got back to a place of declaring, Jesus, you're Lord over my relationship with my kids. I'm, I'm giving it back to you right now. I'm sorry that I took control of it. I'm, I'm asking you to come and be the Lord that the scripture says you are, that you really are Lord of all. The nations submit to you. Every family on earth gets its name from you. Whatever it is, Lord, you come and do who you are. You ever hear that phrase, you be you? Like maybe we need to come back to saying, Jesus, would you be you right here, right now in everything that concerns me? Because me being me hasn't gone so well. I'm not going to say any more than that. You can, you can ask my family later for on-the-ground reports of how that's all going. This is my action item this week. This is where I wanted to land us today. Let's declare his lordship this week. Whatever is in your life that you're thinking, man, this hasn't been going so hot. It, and it may, maybe it's your life or maybe you're, you're not as concerned about you and you're looking at how things are going in your community or, or in our nation right now. Let's get back to where we just begin to declare, Jesus, you're Lord. I don't care who's, who wins the ballot in the White House. Jesus, you're the Lord of the United States. Jesus, I, I don't, <laughs> whatever it is, come on, everybody, we could go around the room. We get 50 different responses of a circumstance that needs help, needs attention, needs peace in it. That's the place this week that I just want us to get back to. I'm going to intentionally confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are Lord of this circumstance. And then I'm going to watch and see you move and do the things that only you can do. How many of you are willing to do that with me? You, you got just one place even that you could think of that I need to declare Jesus' Lordship over this place. That's what we're going to do this week. Um, can we go ahead and stand together in this place? you lord if if you're here or you're watching online and you've never ever done that like you've never started a relationship with jesus you've never had an initial time where you said jesus i believe i confess that you are lord i believe that you rose from the dead this is a great day to do that yes the team is coming we're going to worship before we go it's it really is simple to start a relationship with jesus Sometimes it's the walking it out that's tough. Has anybody experienced that? It's, we need to continually stay in a place of submitting ourselves. Jesus, you are Lord, and reminding ourselves, I'm walking by your spirit. But to start a relationship, to have the knowing and the peace that he's with me at all times, it really is as simple as believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth, Jesus, you're Lord. You raised from the dead. You showed that you had the power and the victory. And if you've never done that before, uh, I'd invite you just come up pray with us afterwards. We, we have some people that will be up front. They'd love to introduce you and help you start a relationship with Jesus. And uh, I just want to pray a prayer to help us jumpstart that this week.
we're, we're going to ask God to be the Lord of whatever situation you're thinking of, whatever you're holding in your mind or your heart right now. We're going to agree together that God's going to come and do some stuff in us. Lord, we come before you right now declaring that we are dependent on you. We need you to bring salvation to our lives. God, we thank you for the relationship. If, if we're in this room and we already know you, we thank you for the relationship that we have with you. We know that you're with us, that you'll never leave us. But Lord, we ask for that aspect of salvation that affects our day-to-day -day lives to come and be seen in us, in every relationship, in every workplace, in every school, everything that we put our hands to, every area that we have influence in. We say we declare you are Lord. Jesus, come, let your good plans unfold in our lives. Let your will be done in us. God, let our lives be so transformed by your power and your lordship that the people around us begin to ask questions. What's different about your life? Lord, give us opportunities to share your goodness with the people around us. Not just for our own sake, Lord, but so that your name, Lord Jesus, would be made famous and glorified in all the earth, that people would see you as the Lord of all that you truly are. God, we say we love you, we honor you this morning, we ask your blessing upon us, even as we leave from this place today, I thank you that you walk with us everywhere that we go. Bless us indeed, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this place today and your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're just... We're going to worship for a couple more minutes here, uh, but you are free to go. If you'd like to be dismissed, you're welcome to. If you want to stay and worship with us, you can. Or if you want to hang out all afternoon, you're welcome to do that. God bless you guys. Let's give Jesus one more hand, even as we start to worship here.